Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast, downloaded over half a million times in over 145 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. In today's episode, episode 204, we catch up with Andrew Groon and Evie O, authors of the book Day Trip Sydney, 52 Nature Adventures. We hope you enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice so that each episode is available as soon as it's published. And if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. Like most guidebooks, Day Trip Sydney 52 Nature Adventures provides you with the basics you need to do these walking trips, but where it stands out is by not assuming that the participants are keen hikers. And in fact, the authors, Evie and Andrew, uh, really can't be classed as full-on hikers and probably not the, the people you'd expect to release a guidebook. But in this case, it's come out as an advantage because they look at this not as a full-on hiking guidebook, but as a way of how to get the average person out to enjoy the city of Sydney. And they've certainly gone through and achieved that. In addition, the images used to highlight each adventure can best be described as hero shots that just invite you to visit. Okay, so Evie, Andrew, thank you for taking your time to talk with Australian Hiker. Um, Yeah, thanks Tim. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'd like to start where um, you mentioned that, you know, Day Trip Sydney doesn't seem to assume that all participants are keen hikers because a bit of a um, story, last Thursday my... um, art courier Mitch um, came to pick up um, the artworks for my next show and we were talking about bushwalks um, because his mom is coming to town was coming to town and he wasn't sure where to take her because you know she she wasn't a big um, walker and I asked Mitch you you knew I I just um, co-authored a book Day Trip Sydney and he's like yeah and I said did you get a copy he's like no and so I I gave him a copy and um he flicked, um, he flicked and flicked and flicked, and he said, "Hmm, didn't take you for a um, for an authority in this genre." And I said, "Neither do I." Um, but I guess we kind of have done fifty-two adventures, which is probably a bit more than what um, normal people have done. And by normal, I feel like um, people like us. Okay, now before we go too much into the book itself, I'd just like to give a bit of background on uh, both yourself and Andrew. Um, what's your general background and what's your involvement in hiking? Okay, so um, I was born in Sydney um, and I spent a good part of my early life um, growing up in Corrigan, um, where it was kind of great. We had a lot of space and um, the neighbors kept their horses on our paddocks and stuff. And later on in life, um, around 20, I moved to Tokyo. And then after that, I moved to London, uh, where I opened a fashion store and a gallery in Berlin 
Um, and I started working as an art director for fashion films and music videos and slowly got into photography. And just before the pandemic started, I moved back to Sydney, uh, luckily. And um, my relationship with hiking, um, I think I, I've, I have more of a relationship with walking, like not, not necessarily hiking through nature um, until recently. Uh, when I travel, uh, I love to walk around cities, never take public transport and just uh, see the sights at, in the morning and the night. And since I've been, since I wrote this book and our next books, I, I do consider myself a hiker now, I think. Okay. And what about you, Evie? What's your background? Um, so, yeah, I grew up in Surabaya, Indonesia, and I came from a um, middle-class family that probably preferred walking in malls rather than in nature. But as a child, I always dreamt about, you know, swimming in the river or, like, climbing a tree. And um, I came to Sydney in, in 2003 when I was 17 to study um, graphic design, and I never looked back in that um, I stayed in Sydney and worked for Penguin Books for eight and a half years. So, you know, it's a bit, it's, it's quite a loyal time to stay within a company and an, and an industry. And I'm still working in publishing. Now I own my own design studio and I practice art on the side as well. Um, and now I'm writing these books with Andrew. And I guess, yeah, I guess my life is traditionally packed with like, I guess, expectations to create and to do. And like I would go to bush walks with friends and we would walk and maybe not talk and just enjoy nature and steam off that way. Now let's talk about your book, Day Trip Sydney, 52 Nature Adventures. The book title describes very well what this is about, 52 walking adventures, all within around about 120 kilometres of the city of Sydney and each able to be done with this within a single day. Now, why 52, and how did you go about choosing the walks that you have? Well, when we initially pitched the book, um, we we pitched 25 walks, which we thought was kind of a reasonable, good amount. And um, after that, the publisher suggested we do 52. Um, and in the beginning, we weren't that pleased about it, but um, looking at the finished product now, I think it was definitely the right decision but uh obviously it, it it doubled the amount of work walks and you know 52 bush walks is a is a sizable amount we had more than 52 for sure because um sydney is just full of it and we we kind of have to um come up with a criteria i guess and um that criteria for us was to ensure that each walk have a bit of a um, reward whether it's a waterfall or a swimming hole, or an or a simply um, amazing view, and that's kind of how we were forced. You know, we forced ourselves to shortlist our fifty-two, which is actually probably more of a long list. So we found that um, we could have easily written a day trip two or a day trip three. There are just so many walks to do in Sydney. And um, just as an aside, when I moved back um, to Sydney from London, I Writing the book kind of really, really made me fall in love with the city um, again and connect with it because it's just so, it's just incredible how many beautiful places there are in Sydney. Like in Australia, we're just so lucky. And I think 
I mean, obviously, everybody listening to this podcast really appreciates it. But I guess, yeah, I guess I just have a newfound appreciation for for the nature that's just literally, literally in our backyard. I think that's the thing that that I find quite interesting, and and we've I've had this discussion with previous guidebook authors that I've interviewed, is that we tend to stay within our own sphere of influence. We'll you know we 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 start off at home, we might drive down the shops, or we'll go to work. You know we might go to the cinema, but it's all a very small part of, particularly with Sydney, of what is a large city, and the, and for most people who live in Sydney, there's. You know, there's probably 90% of the the city that people never visit or go near because it's not their their local area. And I think this one thing I like about this book is how it's a it's a way of helping people discover what is in their city, even if they hadn't thought about it before. And I totally agree with that. And I also think that the pandemic pandemic has forced almost everyone to look at look at what's in their city because because people. We needed that escape from our computer screens. Yeah, it's. I, I, we found the same thing down here in Canberra that uh, um, during this last lockdown over the last couple of months, uh, we were limited to the amount of time we could get out during the daytime. And I, I've never seen so many people out walking than I have over the last few months. I think people have, you know, it's it's the way people can get out and about and, and, and get a bit of fresh air. That's just one good thing that gets out of this pandemic, maybe. Yeah, we'll see how. So hopefully, people will keep up walking. Now, I was going to say, this was this your first book uh, slash guidebook, and what made you decide to produce a guidebook for the Sydney region? Well, this is um, this is definitely our first book, but um, I work in publishing, so this is probably in terms of the book I design would be on the hundreds. But yes, this is our first book, and um, it's I guess. From me personally, it, it's quite interesting to be on the author side rather than the publisher side. And um, we find writing very satisfying and hard because, you know, we were not um, writers in the beginning. But we also found like the idea of um, living a life as an author is very um, romantic and idyllic. And we, we kind of want to do it more. We, we're actually in the middle of writing Day Trip Book 2 and it'll be called Dog Trip Sydney's. 52 nature adventures but for dogs and the books um the book will have pictures of um na- beautiful nature and just dogs so is, will this be walks that um that dogs are able to access yes yeah and that's that's probably pretty unique as far as guidebooks concerned i mean if in most cases a lot of guidebooks if they're lucky they might mention that the area is all accessible to dogs but as far as i'm aware there isn't a dog dedicated walking book and I think that will go really well. We yeah, hope so. And, and also, as a result of the pandemic, so many people have, have gotten dogs. It's just everyone's dog crazy. Yeah, um, I think I think the uh, they're saying that I know a lot of the, uh, the the shelters and things were running out of animals at one stage because people were getting dog family dogs or cats, <laughs> which which is again a good thing to come out of the pandemic. Yeah. But yeah, we um we're all, we're we're also planning to do Melbourne, and um we we're starting to you know like I guess scheme a bit on how we do overseas. Like in um in my personal view, I'd like day trip to be a bit of an avenue or an excuse for me to be away and just walk nature. Okay, now. Typically, when we've done book interviews in the past, there's usually been a single author and often an illustrator. 
you're both listed as co-authors. Now, what what role did each of you play in the production of this book? And what's the writing process like when there's two of you that have to agree on what's being talked about? <laughs> well, actually, um, in terms of writing, we're quite a symbiotic <laughs> team because uh, initially I was I was terrified of writing a book. I, I wanted, all the other stuff was, was exciting and great, um, but then when it came to writing, I was I was. I was a bit of a baby, um, but actually, we, we found out through our symbiotic writing process is that Evie kind of plans out, writes the the bones of the the trip, and then and then I flourish it, and then it, I think it it works quite well. Thank you, Evie. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, I'm I'm a I'm a big reader, but English not being my first language, I find it really hard to express so um romantic writing is definitely not my genre i can do strategy writing but um it's quite a unique decision in that it's very rare that um author designer photographer um cartographer um are embodied between the one team and and we're lucky that we i guess um have the necessary skills to do it and i think well, I'd like to think that the product the product is um is cohesive because you know it's the two people putting their love into it, and yeah, I hope I hope it shows. Okay. Yeah, so so everything from cover to cover we produce, except for you know the publish, you know the the, the photography, the maps, the words. Uh, that that's all us, and the design is every. So yeah, as everyone was saying, it's, we're in a really unique and rare position for that to happen. All right, and I believe you're the photographer out of the out of the pair, are you, Andrew? Yes, yes, I am. All right, and we'll talk about we're going to, we'll we'll leave it for a couple of minutes, but I just want before we get on to talking about the photography, one thing uh, in reading through this book book it comes across as being written for the average person and this this i think comes back to when we did the introduction that you know you two aren't keen hikers that spend weeks out in bush and uh, throws a heavy pack on you do it for the love and the enjoyment of what it is and i think from my perspective being what you class as an average person uh, this book comes across as being written for the average person rather than the dedicated hiker so was that your intent and how did you come to that decision? Definitely. Um, I mean, <laughs> like even even two, three years ago, if, if, if you told me that I was going to write a bushwalking book, I would have thought you were crazy. But I think the, we did come into this opportunity and, and the way we saw it as kind of designers, it was kind of... Uh, a creative problem and a brief that that we had to solve. So I think that we we looked at a lot of the guidebooks out there from from our perspective, like us as not you know these super into it hikers, and and we I think we saw a, saw a gap. So we basically tried to illustrate it, write it for, for people like us. And the publisher helped as well. Our publisher, Definitely. Paulina, she, I guess, like that's 
we're so lucky to have the publishing house um, backing up this idea as well because um, she comes as a voice of reason. Um, a funny example, um, say in the introduction bit when you talk about, you know, what to prepare and all that, we don't have children, we've got a dog, and we talk immensely about, you know, what to prepare um, to bring a dog on your attention. And we didn't write about children. Of course, we should have written about them as well. So, And, you know, like Paulina um, played quite an important role in making sure that the guidebook is actually guiding. Um, she, she calls it, you know, make it easy to them so they don't have to think of of anything. And she made us, you know, note down where the toilets, cafes, picnic spots and all that because she's right. Like um, that helps our audience to have a good day by us working hard to, you know, just spotting where the necessary things are and they would not come, you know, go to a day trip not knowing there would be a cafe and, you know, they they can pack their lunch. All, all those little things to add up in um, making a good day trip because, um, Tim, if we tell you half of the stories we did these day trips, um, we would either get lost or we would not bring enough water, like all these little things we, you know, we've experienced them. <laughs> and bring enough water. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that in there. I mean, not, you know, it's pretty silly. Um, but yeah, no, I, I but, guess... but often, often we we try and go and do a bushwalk, but we'd we'd miss it, and then we'd end up discovering something something new and better than than the walk we were going to do. True, we did find a river, an unnamed river, creek. <laughs> Yeah, that's always the way. And I suppose that leads into the next question then, or the next comment is, you know, you've, you've provided a good batch of details. And I think one of the, the key things about this book is, is the key at the front where you've got the walk, you know, you've got things like distances. You talk about whether they're moderate or hard, but you've got that little, little key that talks about are there cafes? Are there picnic areas? Are the walks suitable for children or dogs? Um, <laughs> Uh, so you said that your publisher helped you with that one, uh, but you know, where do you draw the line? Because there's there's probably so much information you can include. Where's where do you manage to draw the line on what you do and don't include? Mm, it's hard to say because I felt like we've over included things. If only like if there were four cafes, we put them on the map. Yeah, and our publisher made sure that we did that. Um, they were very strict. Um, mm. And I guess another thing that um, another layer of this book that I personally found quite um, informative, even for myself, um, you know, as a as an as a person not growing up here, like I, I was never un, 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 until we um, I wrote this book with Andrew, like I never really thought too far about you know the country and um, the history of the land and all that, and we made sure that we. Are respectful, and we we found um, a lot of historical details on these walks because a lot of these walks um, are not just trails, but some of them were actually used by um, different types of people um, walking the land, and that was one I think I guess educational thing that we found from writing this book, and I think we we made sure we when when it's interesting and relevant, we included it in the um, mini essays that we write about um, each walk. 
Yeah, I think that's that's often not a bad thing. I mean, I, I know when I do uh, walking reviews for our website, I typically talk about that the the factual information, uh, and I'll talk about old buildings that happen to be there, but I don't go in depth to the history behind what's there. And that sort of information, particularly in a guidebook, is 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 nice to have information. Uh, it's a an additional bit of encouragement to think, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Let's go. Let's go and have a look. Yeah. So we, we tried to make each each story almost as if you could read it without the intention of, of going on the walk, if you know what I mean. True. Like, we yeah. tried to come up with an angle for each and try not to yeah. mention Jurassic Park ten times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we ran we ran out of adjectives pretty far. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, we we try to like put in some facts, make try and make it a little bit funny and and hopefully hopefully we did a good job. Probably the key thing from from my perspective, you know, we've talked about the sort of the walks, and we've talked about you know the, how you chose them. I think the thing that stood out to me uh, is what is the use of images and what can be best described as hero Im- images. The quality of the fo- photos, from my perspective, is probably way above what I would expect out of a guidebook, uh, and you know to the point where. While I'm familiar with a lot of the longer walks in Sydney, the little short walks I'm not too familiar with, and and this in going through this book, it's encouraged me to want to go and do some of these day walks, which I just wouldn't have thought about. So, Andrew, we mentioned you're the photographer. Was mm-hmm. choosing the images a hard choice, or or was this a group decision, or did you you say this is what I suggest, and Evie and the publisher sort of agreed, or how how did that work? Um, well, I took, oh God, I took, I think it was about 20,000 photos Oh God! Um, in total. So, you know, obviously not all of them were usable. So you have to kind of cut that down. But yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of going through my editing software and, and you three star in the best images. And, and then, then we kind of, you whittle them down even more and then and then in the end you there's usually about 10 10 really great photos for each trip and then unfortunately some of the best photos aren't always relevant so you kind of have to with Evie and I had our conversation also with Paulina we have to put in the right one which is most relevant to the walk but also in saying um how each trip we wanted to have a a payoff from a photography perspective that really works in your favor as well because there is there's always a hero image at the end of each walk and i think that even to the point of view the the image on your front cover and the, and the textured front cover that they use it almost makes the image stand out to be almost a bit bit, bit a bit of a 3d image you know you can you can feel the texture on the front cover and it actually feels like rippling water so it's uh, you know that that was the yeah i think gone are the days where you just have a, a flat cover and that's it whereas you know the the choice of the texture on the cover added to the image that was used so i think it's uh, as i said for me it it the, the images really are probably some of the highest quality I've seen in a guidebook for a long time. Evie's, Evie's an amazing uh, book designer, so so we definitely got the the best treatment um, for the design. But also, the, uh, so I I would agree with you. Like for books like this, the photography does 
hold it together, isn't it? It does, mm. and as I said, it's you know there's a lot of the images in the book which, if I had have read the text, while the text is interesting uh, and useful, you know the image really says I want to go and see what this walk looks like myself. So I think that's the that's the big selling point for this one. Everything put together, uh, but it, the the photos tend to be the hook that gets you in there. Luckily, um, I'm a professional photographer, <laughs> so uh, it's my job to take you know nice photos, and I, and I guess. Not all guidebooks have the budget or or the person writing it has, you know, access to a professional photographer. I must admit, you know, 20,000 images, I, you know, for me, if I go on a week-long hike, I take, take 800, and I thought that was a lot, but 20,000 is an awful lot of images, even for a, a professional photographer. Out of the 52 adventures listed in the book, do each of you have a favourite, and is it the same? Well... My favorite trip, there's so many, um, but if I had to um, narrow it down, it would be a figure eight pool, which is a, which is a very well-known, popular walk and actually quite controversial as, as people hurt themselves trying to get a selfie in the pool, which is silly. But I, I actually had never heard of it <laughs> before I did it. And, um, yeah, I was just, I was blown away by not so much the figure eight pools because they're tiny, but just, just the rest of it, the, the changes of, of the types of vegetation and then a beach that you walk over to get to them. There are just all these amazing colored rocks that are green and red. And then just the, a really magical thing happened when I sent the drone up. I flew it over the ocean a bit and suddenly I saw about 50 dolphins. There was a pod of dolphins and I was flying, flying over the dolphins, following them. And it was just, it was just amazing. Yeah. I think I must admit, I, I do own a drone. I don't use it a lot, but every so often you get something like that, that just justifies you having one and, and having it in the air rather than just taking a photo mm. of yourself from, from 10 meters up or 20 meters up. So what about yeah. uh, what about you, uh, Evie? What's what's your favourite walk or uh, favourite adventure out of these fifty-two? I can't decide. I'm flipping between two, but I think I'm going to talk about this one today. Like um, the other one is Clover Hill Trail down in Robertson, um, south of Sydney, and it's amazing because it has no trail and there are four amazing waterfalls. You have to see it yourself. But today, I think I'm going to talk about the Santa Trot um track in Medlo Park behind the um the giant hotel. What is it called? Um Hydro Majestic. Hydro Majestic. And we, we came across this information because we were um we were in the mountains doing the mountain walks and I was just reading and found that there is this track and it was so hard to find information about this walk. We just decided to go there and actually yeah, like like we re- remapped the walk a bit. And it's really amazing because you can see, um, I guess, traces of the um, the hydro recreation spots that they've they've built. But also, what was amazing is like was like the nature was very untouched, and we got lost a bit, not in a scary way, but we discovered so many like just big open caves and a little coliseum, and and just just beautiful, beautiful untouched nature. Just, I guess, behind a highway in Blue Mountain. Yeah. I had my Indiana Jones moment. 
<laughs> I think that's often the thing. You know, sometimes sometimes you have an expectation. So things like you know the figure of eight pool, you have an expectation of what it will look like, uh, and whether it matches mm. up to that is, is a different issue. But sometimes it's those walks that surprise you that you aren't ex- necessarily expecting something spectacular, and you get really surprised when you just find an amazing walk for, and, and and something you haven't realised that was there. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing feeling when, when you spot something completely unexpected and, yeah, totally agree with you. All right. Now, the final question I was going to ask you, and to some extent we've already covered this, was do you have another book in the horizon? And it sounds like, as you said, you've already got the next next version of this book starting already. When are you Do you have an indication of when that one's likely to be out? I'd say end of next year. I think, you know, publishers like to time it with two things, um, Christmas and summer. So I think expect something in the coming, in like second second part of 2022, I'd say. Okay, so we've been talking with authors uh, Evie O and Andrew Groon about Day Trip Sydney, 52 Nature Hiking Adventures book. Uh, Andrew and Evie, thank you for taking your time to talk with us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Okay, so that was the interview with Andrew and Evie, the authors of Day Trip Sydney, 52 Adventures. Now, I think from my perspective, one of the, the biggest things that, that I took away from this and then talking to them is this is a guidebook written by average people for average people. <laughs> Um, it, it's, it, you know, when you think about, uh, guidebooks for hiking, you know, you expect, you expect them to be written by really experienced hikers and you expect them to have a certain, uh, amount of knowledge and a slant on what they, uh, uh, what they would actually put into these books. Yeah. I think, you know, what usually happens is that those kinds of books are written, um, by people that we think are, you know, almost superhuman and or, or inspiring, and they've done all of these amazing things. So, you know, um, a book that's by walkers for walkers. I think, you know, they describe themselves as walkers, and um, you know, I think that's the strength of the book. And um, you also mentioned the images were just amazing. Yeah, and I, I, it's. I always tend to look at these things from not just the information on the walks, but I look at the the whole package. I look at how it's put together, what it looks like, and from my, as I said, from my perspective, if you went through and listened to this interview, yeah, that the front cover is very textural. Uh, it's got an image of a, a waterhole. but just because it's got that that textural sort of front cover, it actually feels like the water's rippling. Uh, and it's just, you know, that's something that's going to help encourage you to pick this thing up if you saw it in a bookstore. I think the other thing, uh, the key thing from from this as well is, uh, and, and I suppose really it is the key. I was going to uh, say, it's, it's probably the key. It's the, it's the key at the front of the book. But, yeah, you can look at this key and it has, you know, is this, you know, the distance of the walk? Is it a hard walk? Is it an easy walk? And, again, this is done from a perspective of the average person, not from the super fit hikers. And I have seen some guidebooks in Australia that um, you know what's considered hard is hard by someone who is super fit and, and been hiking for years. But in this case, yeah. it's it's written for the average person. And I, I had somebody recently said say to me they did one of the walks that we'd classed in a 
particular way and they said, oh, I found it was really easy and I'm thinking, well, you know, we're, we're pitching it to a different group of people, not somebody who gets out all the time. And I think, again, we, that's what this book is about. And, you know, the, the additional information and the keys. So, you know, are there cafes there? Are there picnic areas? Are there uh, uh, toilets? You know, and that's particularly important. You know, it's, in it's, the city, yeah. It's, in, like, yeah. it's hard to find a tree, isn't it? <laughs> um, you know, not everyone necessarily wants to, to go behind a bush and, and, and squat to do their business. So, yeah. This, this <laughs> it's a bit of, antisocial in, in the city. <laughs> it is, yeah. So I think in that respect, you know, they've – They've given the the information that's uh, as enough to get people out there to encourage people to do these walks, and as Jill mentioned, the the images can best be described as hero images. Andrew's a professional photographer, and it shows. You look at some of these images on this and think, "Geez, I'd love to be able to take photos like this." Yeah, it's almost a hybrid between a guidebook and a coffee table book. Uh, you know, there's not enough images to be a coffee table book, but it, there's... Well, they're Im- not big enough. <laughs> they're not big enough, yeah. The images, f- from my perspective as a keen hiker, um, I was aware of some of these walks. A lot of them I, were, I wasn't. And it's encouraged me to want, and go, want to go and do some of these walks that I just wasn't aware of. Yeah, we didn't ask uh, how many photos he took to get the ones that he has. So that, <laughs> so they are great photos, but uh, I, I bet there's a whole lot that didn't make it. Well, he did actually mention that in the in the interview and he took about 20,000 20,000. So, yeah, that's that's a lot of photos for, for anybody, even a keen photographer. But, yeah, it, it shows because some of the images, and in fact most of the images really are hero images is just the best way to describe them. So as I said, from my perspective, this book is aimed for the average person. You know, leading up to Christmas, where we're heading towards now, if you're wanting to discover Sydney, and I think that's the thing, you know, during the pandemic, uh, we were looking at things to get us active and keep us uh, interested. And when we could get out and about, but couldn't necessarily travel huge distances, walking was a good opportunity for most people. Yeah, and I think you know now that a lot of people have... Um, gotten out, even, you know, close to home, they're probably wanting to do a little bit more exploration, a little bit further afield. But, um, you know, if you're in Sydney, you don't have to leave the Sydney area to do it. And the book identifies a whole range of distances and uh, both in terms of length of the walk, but also uh, distance from the CBD as well. So you can really plan what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going through the same process in Canberra at the moment. I'm looking for walks further and further away from the city, and I've got to try and work out what is a comfortable drive that will marry in with a walk of a particular distance that will allow me to get there and back in a single day. And, and certainly I do travel a bit more than 120 kilometres in a lot of cases, but for the average person that just wants to get out, have a good time, do a do an interesting walk, make a day of it with the family – this book is definitely a good way to go. All right, so again, if you're a, a, a keen hiker, I think you will enjoy this book, uh, but also for people that are not really what you class as keen hikers but just want to get out and explore the city, uh, the city of Sydney, this is definitely the book for that. Okay, we hope you've enjoyed this episode and the interview with Andrew and Evie. 
Uh, and if you get an opportunity, have a look at the written book review, which shows some of the images. Uh, that'll help sort of uh, provide a bit of bit more information and, uh, and a bit more visual information about what we've been talking about. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.